Thank you for coming this morning. I didn't think anyone was going to be here. We were pretty full last night, so I thank you for coming. As I've mentioned any number of times, growing up in the Calvinist branch of Protestantism, Mary was rarely given any attention except for a brief and, I'd argue, reluctant reference at Christmas time. Other than that, she was quickly hidden in the theological closet, and the key was locked. I suspect that any reflection on her would be tantamount to becoming the worst thing possible, a Catholic. And I was perfectly comfortable with that until I began to critically think about my faith. What I believe about Jesus and why I believe what I do. The critical Christian, and I would argue that every disciple, whatever the church, must be a critical Christian and question everything. The critical Christian cannot escape asking a fundamental question. How can Jesus be both divine and human without being some kind of freak of nature, as we see in the legends of the Greek pagan gods. The only approach is to reflect on Mary, which the instincts of the church have done since the second century. Specifically, three realities. She is a woman. She's a woman in a covenant relationship with God in the community of his chosen people, Israel. She is a woman who freely chose to say yes to being a mother. Mary's a woman. Not a very earth-shattering revelation, to be sure. But consider that God desired to have his son come into the world as we do. Now sit on that, that idea for a moment or two, and you cannot help but be amazed at the humility of God. The infinite, the holy, the all-powerful desire to be one of us and how we grow in our mother's womb, how we are completely dependent upon our, for our nourishment on our mother's milk, how we are utterly dependent we are for our mothers to protect us, how our every need is seen to at all times of the day and night, convenient or not. And what does all that mean? God chose to be dependent on a woman for three essential things. Her freely willed consent, her trusting faith, her maternal love. The inescapable conclusion, the divine chose to be dependent on humanity. Now that's an interesting twist. Mary is a woman in a covenant relationship with God in the community of Israel. She is a woman of the book, of the law of Moses, of the Torah. It is highly unlikely that she was literate, as training and reading and writing were usually reserved for boys, so that as men they could publicly read the scriptures at the synagogue service and make commentary. But 
Mary would have heard all the stories, all the accounts, all the histories of her people and their relationship with God, both the good and the tragic. Mary would have understood that Israel's fall into sin always, always, always began with a lack of trust in God, and Israel's restoration always, always, always began by trusting God and obeying him. Mary said yes to being a mother, not for a child from Joseph, but from God. Consider the ramifications of this yes. Mary, hang on to your pew, Mary would become the mother of her creator. Now there's something to wrap your mind around at nine o'clock on New Year's Day. I have extra aspirin in the sacristy if you need. She would become the mother of her redeemer because she too needed to be redeemed. She would become the mother of her savior. She needed to be saved just as we do. She said yes to give her flesh to become the ground from which the word would become flesh, knowing full well that for her womb to receive the eternal word of God, such a womb would, as prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 44, verses 1 through 3, be forever shut from conceiving other children, since this holy chamber was reserved for the Lord and for him alone. Joseph would never have children with her. Mary's flesh thereby became the necessary condition for the possibility of her son to give his flesh to eat and his blood to drink. Mary's flesh thereby became the necessary condition for the possibility of her son to surrender his flesh on the cross and for his flesh to enter into the mystery of death. Her flesh then became the necessary condition for the possibility of her son's flesh to be buried, rise from the dead, and ascend into heaven, and return from heaven in glory to bring time and history to an end. May it be today. The humility of the divine the humility of the human wedded, merged to give birth to him who is our hope, our only hope. One final observation, if I may. As every mother knows, being a mom forever changes your life and lasts for the whole of one's life. Not even the tragic death of a child or the seeming finality of the grave has the power to stop a mother's love from reaching out to her child. As Jesus, Son of God and Son of Mary, was dying on the holy and life-giving cross, he said to the Apostle John, what? Behold your mother. And to his mother he said, Behold your son. Mary, from that moment up to now and until Jesus returns, is the mother of all her son's disciples.
whatever their church. Her yes to the Father to conceive the Son now calls for her maternal love to embrace all who believe, all who struggle to believe, and yes, even for all who fail to believe. Nothing can stop a mother's love. What better way to start a new year than with this fundamental truth to ground ourselves on? <laughs>